0: Hello, and welcome to the Addicts Anonymous podcast. I'm your host, Jamar. Today's episode 138, and we're interviewing Larry B. How are you doing this morning, Larry? Hey, I'm doing great. That's great great to hear. I'm glad to have you on. So let's dive in and get started here. Tell me about your childhood growing up. Start from when you as long as far back as you can remember. Well...
1: It, in that period of my life, there was just one incident that kind of governed the rest of my addiction and recovery and all of that is when I was nine years old, I had a um, six-year-old sister that was hit and killed by a car. And oh. that kind of that kind of uh, set the tone for family dynamics. Um, a lot of pain, a lot of emotion, a lot of depression, loneliness. Uh, mom and dad, it probably affected them more, but that's for the next 25 years, that was the, the only issue I really had with, uh, uh, uh my addictions. And we, we went on from there. Um, I, I hit high school about, uh, junior year. I was about 13 or 14. And, uh, I snuck into mom and dad's liquor cabinet. And that was the first time that I drank in, in, uh, it was that wow moment that uh, all of a sudden I didn't feel lonely, hurt. All those feelings were negated by the alcohol, and
0: and I was addicted from my first drink. Going back and, a little bit, what was it like growing up? As far as when you were very young, how were your parents like? What how, is there anything you could remember as far back as like the way they were affected?
1: Uh, up and up until I was nine. We, we had a very loving household. Um, dad spent a lot of time with me. You know, uh, it, it was just a good loving atmosphere. Um, but after, after that, uh, everybody got distant. Mom and dad really, I, I actually felt that they blamed me for, uh, for my sister dying. And so I, you know, I, I grew up with that kind of guilt and, and everybody was alienated. Uh, we, we didn't like each other. Uh, got into arguments a lot. And then, then when my addiction kicked in, um, uh, I I was actually pushing back. I was trying to hurt myself to hurt them because of the pain I was going through and uh, things got pretty ugly. And the thing about my drinking was, is that uh, um, I, I had a very sensitive nature to it. I mean, four or five drinks and I'd be in a blackout from the very first time I got drunk. And, and so um, I didn't drink a lot, but it sure caused a lot of chaos and havoc in my life. Uh, How was your my social life? life when you were
0: young? Did you have what did that affect your social life?
1: I, I was I was kind of a uh, uh, kind of alienated, but I drifted toward the uh, 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 the attic crowd. See, I grew up in the '60s in Chicago, and and uh, you could find. The type of people that you you know it, that's my social life was with other other addicts and alcoholics and uh, uh but with normal people or regular people or my parents or family i was pretty much a loner
0: gotcha and you think that had a lot to do with your sister passing away
1: oh definitely uh li- like i said that that's the core issue um uh, there's anger depression uh, I, I missed her, um, and, and like I said, I got even with my parents because I felt they thought I was responsible, um, and, and pretty much that that whole thing actually drove me to uh,
0: uh, original my first recovery. What? Um, the, why did you think that your parents blamed you? Was there anything that they did to make you feel that way?
1: <clears throat> oh, um, that that day. Um you know as they were taking my sister on on the gurney, uh my mom looked at me and scowled why weren 't you watching her uh, and and I heard those words it 's all your fault several times um at at that you know you know, and I was only nine nine years old, and those words ran deep, and uh I actually felt like I was guilty and responsible for um, her accident, um, and so yeah, the 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 guilt and the depression just just grew from that. Uh, I I had to get away from my parents, and I said, I'm tired of you telling me what to do and trying yelling at me. I'm going to go join the Marine Corps, and and uh, uh, I, I I to this day I still hear my dad laughing, thinking that well, and you know the the Marine Corps finished me me growing up, but they also took me. I, taught me how to drink better um i actually was discharged from the marine corps for, for alcoholism and uh, uh it 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 was i drank because i felt bad and that that gush that you get that wow factor uh i heard somebody saying it's like the great ah, uh, you know and all the all the all the emotional pain left. So that's why I drank was was to, uh, um, drank to, to, to excess was, was to uh, get rid of all of that pain. And and, uh, and, and it worked for a while, um, but, but eventually as I drank, like I said, I went into blackouts. Every time I drank, I started breaking out in handcuffs, uh, started waking up and holding tanks. Uh, uh, one time I, I woke up and my car was on my, my best friend's front porch halfway up the stairs oh wow um, uh and, and you know that that that's the, the sort of stuff that that drove me to uh um to recovery um, w- when i was in the marine corps i went to my first meeting 19 years old and, and it was in a pretty large base on on the east coast and and uh, there was over 300 marines in this in this uh this particular meeting and, wow, and I heard the a, that that's the largest meeting i ever heard of uh yeah well and, and what's crazy, there was only like four hundred marines stationed on this base, so like three quarters of them were in a meeting that night and uh that's that's when I heard the message for the first time and uh it it, it took a while um but when when I turned twenty one I wound up in a uh in a county jail down in central illinois and and uh, uh, usual stuff: violent behavior, uh, breaking things, breaking plate glass windows, and waking up and not knowing a thing what I'd done. Well, somebody came and visited me in that jail and handed me a um, uh, the big book. And uh, uh, I, I remember that from that meeting I had in in, uh, in in the Marine So Anyway, I got that big book, and there was an address. Um, uh, there's a a, a a meeting a set of meeting schedule there that you know in in, in this particular town uh, they had a, a meeting every morning every afternoon every night so twenty one meetings a, a week and uh, when i when i got out of jail um, um, i i went to one and uh took a few days and then you know for the fog to lift and, and then i i got into uh working the steps Wait, real and, quick how
0: how long were you in jail for? um 21 days how did that feel
1: for for the first few days um i, I was going through some pretty serious withdrawal um i probably should have been in a hospital but you know 1979 they, they they weren't really looking that close at uh alcohol poisoning and withdrawal um so for three or four days, I, I, I was, you know, there was pink elephants in the room. I was hallucinating, shaking, and uh, about the fourth day, I started clearing up, and you know, and I started looking at my life. Look at, you know, here I'm, I'm 150 miles away from my home. My parents kicked me out. I got nobody, and uh, uh, and so I got this book. I, I was reading the big book, and there was also a Bible in the room. So I was kind of reading both. And, uh, uh, so it, after that, you know, getting out, uh, it's, the reason why I stayed so long is I didn't know anybody in town. I didn't have, uh, um, an address or, or anything, but somebody said, Hey, why don't you, um, uh, uh, tell them that you're staying at the, at the h- local homeless sh- shelter. And so I did, I wrote that down on a sheet of paper and they finally let me out the next day. And, um, so I, I went to this homeless shelter
0: and from there I, I started, uh, real quick, going back that led you to homelessness. What kind of things were you doing that your parents were throwing you out?
1: Well, I was coming home drunk every night. I, I, I was neglecting finding a job. I c- couldn't keep a job. Um, you know, coming in at four in the morning, sleeping till one, two in the afternoon and going out and doing it all over again. And,
0: um, Did you ever steal or anything? I mean, said if you couldn't hold down a job, how were you drinking? How'd you afford it? Well, friends, um, like there
1: was a group of us that we took care of each other. Um, yeah, there there was uh, uh, some some crime involved. Um, what kind of things? Um, let's see. Back then, I was a pretty good mechanic, and I could swipe a. Uh, pull a set of heads off a Chevy small block in about 12 minutes and uh uh, or or headers or carburetor um that that's kind of group I was hanging out with and and you know I I could always make some money with car parts and then and then selling them to them and then they paying me the labor to put them on so um so I had a pretty good gig going uh, until a couple (laughs) couple of times I got arrested and lost all my tools and,
0: and uh did you did you ever stop to say what you were doing was wrong? That came when I started working the steps uh, okay
1: Fair that enough. was uh, that was when uh you know when I got to peoria I got out of this homeless shelter and started going to meetings and uh like I said the fog was still lifting, and I was listening to the people around the table and, uh, uh, there there was this one fellow i 'll never forget him now this nineteen seventy nine so we 're looking uh, uh I, don't, I i can 't even count that high anymore it 's over forty years and uh he was a uh a cement truck driver and he was uh, uh had been drinking and he rolled his truck over and it landed on a car and uh, uh it killed a family and uh you know th- this was like several years before and 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 uh, it was his story how uh, he got through that, and he so he was sober, and uh, I I got interested in him, and I started talking to him, and he became my first sponsor. And uh, so he started talking about my background, and, and uh, uh, he goes, well, what's your family like? I said, I don't have one. What, what do you think about your dad? Well, he's all right. He's hardworking. What about your mom? And I just spewed forth all kinds of profanity and, and painful sayings, and you know, uh, I basically I hate her, and uh, uh he stopped right there, and he said that that's his trigger point to figure out hey, you need to work on that, so we just started doing steps four through nine just with my mom and uh at one point, I said, You know why should I even care about her she 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 hated me she thinks i uh, I was responsible for my daughter dying i i I just don't want to deal with her and um he looked at me and and i to this day, I still remember these words, why you arrogant so-and-so. Did you ever think that, uh, yeah, you lost a sister, but your mom lost a daughter? And man, that rested on me like a ton of bricks. I had never had that thought cross my mind before. And and all of a sudden I said, wow, uh, I never thought of it that way. And then all of the pain that she was inflicting and and I was receiving, it was, she was just like me. I mean, she she didn't struggle with, uh, uh, with alcohol, but, but, uh, food and, 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 uh, shopping. I mean, she had her other issues that she was out of control with And, and just hearing that and thinking about, wow, uh, she went through the same pain I did. And, and, and that for me was the great awakening. I, I thought, wow, that, uh, um, I I never thought of it that way. And it, you know, and it, it was, uh, it changed my perspective of recovery and what I needed to do. And all of a sudden I I looked and I, I saw all the, all the drinking I'd done all the pain that I had inflicted, all the pain that I felt was, was just because of that resentment I had toward her. Um, and you know, when, when I said the word resentment, he started flipping through the book. He said, look here, uh, and he showed me that page where it says resentment is the number number one offender, yep. and uh, I didn't even know I was, uh, you know, how much that anger was uh, uh, making my life out of control, and and so you know I did that. I started working and started uh, taking that inventory of all the things I had done, all the people I had hurt, all the money I'd taken, and you know made that big fat list. I think it was like thirty pages, and and then I started. You're talking, a lot that, you're
0: talking about the fourth step right
1: yes that okay. that big list, and and i started putting all that down and then we me and my sponsor went through it together because there's a lot of those things that you really can't do anything about you know the, the you know people are gone or you don't know where they're at or uh some people you would just in, inflict more pain on them so we started working through that list but it was still pretty expensive extensive and uh Um, but somehow I kept floating back to, you know, if I can get things right with my mom, I think that would, uh, a lot of this other stuff would work itself out. So I I, I did, I started focused on on, um, uh, praying for my mom and and I sent her a few notes, called her a couple of times and, and, you know, just like talking to a glacier. Um, But about nine months later, um, I got the opportunity to take a, take a bus up to Chicago. And, and uh, uh, so I took a Greyhound bus in downtown and I got a city bus and uh, she knew when I was coming and I got off the bus and the house was about two blocks up and I got off the bus and I started walking up to the house and uh, I, I, to this day, it was a miracle. She looked at me and says, wow, what do what do parents and 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 uh spouses what do they always want they don't want to hear will you forgive me they want to know that you stopped that they want to see the change and somehow mom saw the change two blocks away and by the time i got up to the front porch she just we, we just hugged like we hadn't hugged ever before and and uh, uh tears were running down both our and we never said a word we just knew that that uh uh, that there was change in our lives. She, she—that's all she was waiting for. For me, was to see a change, to see that I was not going to be that, that, that violent, mean, hard person anymore. Um, she used the phrase "softer and gentler," um, and, and and that's kind of been my my life ever since. Is that uh, um, uh, the craving to use the uh, all of that slipped away. I, I uh, went to college, I got married, I got five kids, five grandkids. I, I'm working in a, a very uh, fulfilling vocation now. I, um, I, I was a uh, Chevy dealership mechanic for 25 years, and now I'm retired from that. And I'm working as a uh, uh, a camp counselor, working with uh, uh, high school kids and and uh, I have a, uh, uh, I, I sponsor people in, in recovery. I um, I, I, uh, I do this thing called Celebrate Recovery. Uh, it, it's, uh, I just it, you just can't imagine the change from that hardcore Chicago street thug to uh, to uh, you know
0: what the program's given me back today. Real quick, because I'm not too familiar with it, but I have heard it before. What is Celebrate Recovery? So, ha- what is their program?
1: Um, Celebrate Recovery is stands on the shoulders of AA. They use the twelve steps. Um, they they have uh, support groups, the sponsorship. Uh, the The extra thing they have is uh, um, they get plugged. They plug people back into a spiritual program. Uh, it, you usually find them, in, you know, in, in churches on, 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 in, uh, it's, it's, it's more about, it adds to, uh, higher power and a definitely let you know that your higher power is Jesus Christ. Um, I, I, I still am firm believer in AA that, uh, uh, People need to come to AA without that uh, idea that, that uh, church people are going to descend upon him. But eventually, when the miracle happens, people look back and say, wow, that was God. And and uh, so, you know, and that's what Celebrate Recovery is. It's basically the 12 steps in, in uh, uh, helping people get into a walk with their higher power.
0: And we call him Jesus. Okay. So it's a very Christian-based approach. Pretty much, yes. All right. How does that work for you?
1: Um, it. I I do both. I when when somebody's in recovery and they and they want something more, I'll bring them. I'll introduce them to celebrate recovery. But for the newcomer, that's that's just raw and still coming off. You know, still in the fog. Um, I I um, I'll take them to an AA meeting first because that's um uh, when the two founders bill wilson and dr bob um they uh they found their experience strength and hope is what how they recovered and that's the pure thing about aa is that it's when aa works its best it's another alcoholic helping another alcoholic get sober and and uh uh that that's been working ever since 1935 and and yeah, so there, there's a, there's a bunch of these extra extra groups that you know that kind of piques people's interest in different ways. But uh, uh, the bottom line is, when, when when you come in and you got a hangover and you got your your wife wants to leave and you got a court case and and uh, there's nothing that works better when you walk in a room full of people that went through that same thing and uh, they have no judgment. They they have uh, they have nothing but uh, uh, kindness uh, and firmness. Uh, you know, a good AA group won't let you um, uh, be in denial or won't let you tell tales. Or they they'll call you out on your stuff, and and uh, uh, that's what worked for me. I, I was a uh, you know a street thug that uh, you know thought I had all the answers, and I didn't. And uh, so I I will always bring a newcomer who is a day, so maybe five minutes or maybe they're a little bit toasty when they come into the meeting. But I always bring them to AA first because they're going to meet somebody that's going to relate to them. Somebody that's going to uh, cause a light to go on in their head and heart. Um, I would like to think at
0: that point when you take on someone new, you may not know what they believe in. And AA no. is more open because they say, as you understand your God, as we understood. And, and
1: it's not important that you understand God right away. What is important is that you understand that you're an addict, that you need help and that you are willing to make a decision to do something about it. Uh, the, the, the first three steps, um, I can't, God can, so I'm going to let him. And, uh, It it, it doesn't matter what you believe before you get in. You got to be desperate. You got to say, man, I've tried everything. Um, I I, I can't do this. What do I do? You know, help me. And uh, you get around the tables and there's always somebody that uh, has an experience to share with you. And uh, a, a good AA group won't tell a guy what to do. They'll say, this is how I did it. This is what changed my life. Uh, if if you think you want what we got follow our footprints so that you know i july 4th i just celebrated 30 years clean wow congratulations um, that yeah that that's 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 awesome that's Um, huge (laughs) yeah thanks for that and and i appreciate that and and uh, um I think you found me on this new, uh, AA group that we're, um, I, I, I've discovered, you know, I've discovered, I've been out of the game for a while. You know, I've been kind of, uh, um, it, 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 has been hard listen, you know, the, the, you know, I, I'm in an area where meth addiction, heroin and, and uh, fentanyl is big. And, and, uh, I, I just, uh, the stories are, are, are sad. They hurt. And, uh, you know, for several years, I've kind of backed off because it just, uh, but since I've gotten into this, uh, this, this, this group now, this new group, I, I'm, I'm realizing that God, my higher power wants me to get back in the game and, uh, or war. it's not a game. And, uh, I, I've, I've had opportunity to share with several newcomers on this website and, and it's causing me to look around my area here and, and, uh, uh, Somebody even challenged me. Well, if you're too far away from a meeting, why don't you start one? Well, you know, I, I have done that in the past, and you know, so you know, in the last four or five years, I've just, I've just been out of it. It's, it's been too hard. Um, but you know, if I stay out of it too long, who knows? I might say, poor me, poor me, pour me another drink. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, I've seen, I've seen people go down with twenty years, twenty-five years. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm actually at the point now. I'm looking for ways to either start a meeting or get back into something. Uh, uh, I, I'm not sure how that is. I'm just kind of open to the spirit of the universe to see what happens next. So you
0: know great. We should definitely chat. I'm looking to start some meetings in person. Uh, Addicts Anonymous has their own program. I'll show I'll share with you afterwards. We have our own ten steps and ten traditions. And some of the steps are like AA, um, like the first and 12th step. No matter what your program is, you have to do it. Obviously, you have to take step one and tell people or tell yourself you have a problem. Otherwise, there's no reason to get better. If you don't have a problem, what are you going to fix? You have to recognize you have a problem. And step 12 is... What keeps us sober for some reason, like you said back in nineteen thirty-five, Doctor Bob and Bill, you know, mainly Bill W. figured out that by one drunk helping another, just like he helped Doctor Bob, that kept them sober.
1: Yeah, um, the, the the steps are a circle. Um, when, when you get to twelve to the twelfth step. Uh, having had a spiritual awakening we sought to carry the message and practice these principles in all of affairs that connects you back to somebody just starting out in the program in step one and and so then a a sponsor you sponsor somebody and you go through those 12 steps with somebody else you're re- reinforcing them in your own life and it, you know it, it's a beautiful thing you know and and uh like I said I've been I've been away for a while but uh It, you know that was my alcohol testimony. I also got a drug addiction testimony. I know you're probably out of time here with this one, but no we but,
0: got uh, we got another, we got a little bit more time. What kind of stuff was different with the drug addiction
1: Well it's, see, I told you with alcohol, it was definitely that you know I was drinking the to uh fix myself from pain but uh, about ten years later, uh, a little less than that, I remember it was at a Super Bowl party for the Chicago Bears in 1986 when they won it all. And I was at a Super Bowl party and uh, um, a family member brought some drugs there and laid them out on the table and and, uh, 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 and, and I did it. And, and I tell you it was the whole issue with me and drugs was
0: I liked them. Um, what kind of drugs was it that you tried the first time? Uh, uh, <laughs>
1: It was marijuana, crack, and and uh, blow, um, all three at once, and and I tell you that it, I fell in love with them, and uh, that had nothing to do with with uh, my issues. Those were all solved. Uh, it, it just all of a sudden now, hey, here's something. I, I kind of didn't didn't do all those all the time. But I, I smoked pot for uh, for several years, and then the pot dried up, and I discovered pot's a gateway drug. And uh, it, that got me uh, in in the crack and blow and and uh, uh, eighty six and eight three years later, nineteen eighty nine, um, I got busted and uh, uh, had a had a felony possession charge, and and then I said, man, I need to stop this. I got a, I got a wife and five kids. I shouldn't be acting like this. And when I tried to stop, whoa! What a great awakening! I couldn't. I was, I was, uh, in bondage to it for, so for the next three years, I tried everything you could to, uh, uh, to, uh, you know, to quit and cut back, uh, just smoke pot, just switch the cigarettes, uh, you know, for three years, I tried everything. And, and then, uh, uh, my wife packed up the kids and left And uh, January 3rd, uh, 1992. Um, out of despair, I, I shoveled a bunch of pills down my throat and washed it down with alcohol. And then, then I started feeling the effects of it. And all of a sudden, I realized uh, I asked God for another chance. And I hung over that toilet, tossed tossed everything out I could, and just held there, begging God for another chance. And and I could feel the numb body and it stopped around my waist and I would start to lay down and I could feel it. And I knew if it got up to my chest, I was gone. So I would grab the toilet up and down off the floor on the toilet off. for five hours. I just hung there begging God for another chance. And then when I fell asleep, I woke up and it was noon the next day, July 4th. Um, That was um, the great awakening and, and, and God gave me another chance, obviously. And he also uh, took the obsession away. I, I checked myself into treatment for six months and, um, uh, you know, so July 3rd, I almost died July 4th. When I woke up, that's my independence day. And I, I'm on that, that this, this recovery right now is what I'm on for 30 years. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it almost, it almost took my life. And uh, with my higher powers health, who, who I call God, uh, got me through that night. And uh, I started doing what I needed to do and, and uh, started, uh, uh, like I said, went into treatment, got back into the program, got back working the 12 steps. And at, at this point, it was, I uh, i had to i had to admit and confess that i liked it and and that's why I, and for the next two years i struggled with uh, uh drug dreams cravings um uh, you know and, and it 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 was so tuck it was so close um Uh, 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 the drug dealer lived right next door to me in an apartment. And if I wanted something, I just tap on the wall and he'd come over. Um, But what stopped that is when I got on, when I got arrested, I got on, uh, uh, they they didn't have the ankle bracelet. You had to stay home and they got a little gadget on your phone. And uh, uh, if you didn't answer the phone, they would be out there. Uh, So, you know, two, three in the morning, you know, I got a, Probation officers coming over to visit. Well, the guy next door moved because that scared him, and and that was one of the things God did to begin to protect me. And uh, uh, we we um, uh, I, me and my wife both we we packed up, left Central Illinois, moved to Wisconsin. And, and I don't know. I think every addict alcoholic gets gets that one move. I, I mean, we don't keep moving to try to hide from work in the program but uh, that was my one shot to go and we moved to Wisconsin and um, I I got a job with a uh, Chevy dealership worked there for 17 years and and uh, retired from that and moved here to Arkansas but uh, that uh, uh, that night I'll never forget July 3rd as long as I live that uh, um, you know and I I shouldn't be here because but just you know, begging God for another chance um, made a difference. Um, you know, and I tell people, you know, I, I I tried for three years to quit. I couldn't quit. I was delivered, and and I think sometimes when it comes to drug addiction, um, the uh, the bondage is so strong. The is is, is that, uh, and that, that that's the first step. We we admitted we were powerless. And and uh, uh, being being powerless is not is a scary place, and it's it's a hard thing for people to admit um, to to say I can't do this, and 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 uh, we got to drink every drink and take every drug to to get to that point of despair, Um, and 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 so you know that that's my story, and and I hope somebody can see the uh see the path and and uh can turn before they get down to the to the last barricade and uh, so many people lately have just been crashing through that barricade um, just a couple of days ago there was somebody on on this website that uh um, he was texting from a hospital and and he had just lost his wife to to drug drug use. And had a picture of her laying there with her puppy and and uh, that that was sunday morning because I, I i I sit down and i I read this a thing on sunday morning or in the morning and uh that broke my heart you know that uh, so many people are uh, what what do they say that this this leads to jail institution or death um, you know jail's an institution I wasn't afraid of, but dying yeah that that that's what made me change my mind and get this program and do the steps and be honest and and uh hang around other good
0: recovering people um, that'll save your life absolutely part of our four pillars we have four pillars of our program, and the fourth one is community It is absolutely. One of the most important things is to build up a community around you. Nobody wants to feel alone. You know what I mean? They, they they get lost in that.
1: Sometimes being alone is a drug. and They don't realize how devastating it is to the rest
0: of their life. Yeah. So my last question for you is, do you have any advice for people watching and listening? And I know that's a big question, so take your
1: time with it. No, it, it, it's it's uh, it's a simple question is um, um go to meetings, get a sponsor, work the steps, go to meetings, do what you're told. Here's here's the, that one sponsor I had that that cement truck driver said this. Um sit down, shut up, listen, and then afterwards we'll talk about what you heard. But the, the biggest thing, uh, shut up and listen. Um, we, we've got two ears and one mouth, so we're supposed to listen twice as much as we speak. And uh, when, when we open our mouths, everything in our brain just kind of pours out of it. We keep our mouths closed. It kind of, things kind of stay there. Um, so many people, when they get into a meeting, they want to they just start spewing forth their program, which ain't a program. Um, so that that um, you, you know, I, I I hate sponsors that are harsh, but the 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 uh, the the best thing we you know we, we've heard it before is suit uh, suit up, show up, sit down, and shut up. And, and then my sponsor would sit with me after the meeting and say, "Hey, what'd you learn tonight?" And that you know, so many of us we uh, an audience is a trigger. Um, in, in the big book it talks about the actor on the stage well what needs to happen to the actor on the stage is the audience get up and leave and, and so uh, it, that's that's the biggest thing is listen I mean if, if you're in a good group well I guess that'd be another thing make sure you're in a good group with have got some good recovery in it um, but uh, get a sponsor work the steps go to meetings read the big book simple question it's what we all have done that have survived
0: yeah that's great advice I really appreciate you uh laying it on us so did you have anything else you want to add see you around the tables see you around the tables all right so let's wrap it up here I really appreciate you doing the show today how do you feel it's, it's rewarding. Um, service work,
1: 12-step work. Um, I miss it. I need to do more of it.
0: And I promise that I will. Yeah, absolutely. This is part of service work. It's just like, you know, doing a speaker meeting, but you got me poking and prodding a little bit with some questions to kind of tell that story. But I really appreciate you doing the show today. It means a lot.
1: Thanks a lot, Cam. I appreciate you. I'm kind of surprised at how young you look. (laughs)
0: Uh, I'm 39, but I mean, you get close up. I got plenty of gray hair. I've earned it. Yeah, I I really appreciate that. I've been sober only two and a half years, two and a half. My sober date's March 10th, 2020, whatever that is. Um, But yeah, I've gotten that before that some people are like, oh, for all you've been through, you don't look so bad. Yeah. all the drugs and shit i did all right cool beans let's wrap it up here so sit tight larry and for everybody else watching and listening if you like what you saw and heard go below give us a like also subscribe to see when we upload new videos you can also check us out at www.addicts-anonymous.com there you'll find plenty of resources as well as our approved literature tab has plenty of articles for free and uh, i hope you find those and they help you You can also check us out on Reddit, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. So hopefully you'll check us out, get some information from us. That's all we have for today. I hope you like what you saw on her. And until next time.